0: We are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Now, a lot of people, when they're at work or busy around the house, find themselves becoming fatigued in the middle of the morning or in the middle of the afternoon. The energy that they had just a few hours before seems to have left them. They are unable to give their best to their work. Well, that's just when Horlicks malted milk tablets come in mighty handy. A few tablets dissolved in the mouth will renew the energy supply quickly, giving you new vitality. If it's hunger that has been making you uncomfortable, Horlick's tablets will give you nourishment, satisfy that empty feeling. There's nothing like those delicious Horlick's malted milk tablets to help ward off fatigue or hunger. It's so easy, too, to carry Horlick's tablets with you, no matter where you are, shopping, motoring, at the office or the factory, or out in the open. Your druggist has Horlick's malted milk tablets in either the natural or the chocolate flavor. They come in a small ten-cent-sized flask and in other larger sizes as well. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Well, little did Lum and Abner realize the trouble they would cause when they sent out some pictures of Abner a few days ago to some of the female applicants to their matrimonial bureau. Abner's wife, Elizabeth, still thinks that he has been having an affair with another woman and refuses to listen to his explanation. Yesterday, Lum made an effort to straighten out the misunderstanding for his old friend, but was promptly ushered off the place with a broom. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner down at the office of their matrimonial bureau. Lum is trying to answer some of their many letters, while Abner still seems to be brooding over his domestic troubles.
1: Listen. Let's see. Here's an order for a red-headed husband, six foot tall, about 40-year-old. Well, I believe we've got one just about fit that description.
2: No, I reckon you could stand out there at the fence and sort of holler. Huh? I I say reckon you could stand out there at the fence and sort of holler at Elizabeth and explain things to her.
1: Abner, I wish you'd hash up about that. I'm trying to answer some of these letters. This matrimonial bureau mail has been stacking up here for days.
2: I don't
1: care. Here's a letter from Roseville, Ohio. Feller says he's a young man, 66-year-old, looking for a life companion and helpmate. Oh, man. You don't say here what kind he wants, ain't particular. <laughs> that makes it easier.
2: Mom Dad blame it all. I wish you'd put them letters down and listen to me. What is it you want, Abner? If you're
1: still trying to argue me into going back over to your place and talking to Elizabeth, you can just forget it. That woman's unsafe to be around.
2: Well, what all did you say to her yesterday?
1: Nothing. She never gave me a chance. Bothered me clean out there in the road, chunking rocks at me. Yeah, I know. We
2: was looking out the window over here and seen
1: her do that. The best thing for you to do is just stay over at my house till she sort of cools off some more.
2: Well, I don't want to wear out my welcome over at your place,
1: Mom. Granny, she'll wear out something worse than that for you if you go home.
2: Uh, you never did tell her that there weren't nothing to walk into that story about me going into the county seat the other night, huh?
1: No, I told you I never got a chance to tell her nothing. She done all the talking.
2: Yeah, she's generally the does. It's hard to explain things to folks when they do all the talking that way. They, they just can't listen good for some reason or another. But now, law, you said just yes it, you'd guarantee to get her back in a good humor with minutes up to you to do it some way or other.
1: Well, Abner, we may as well give up the idea of ever trying to explain it to her. For she won't give you a chance to talk. We've got to find some other way.
2: Now, what other
1: ways are there? Why, there ought to be lots of ways. There ought to be. If we could get her sympathy around somewhere or other. Get her to feel sorrowful for you. Yeah. If you could get serious sick or something like that. You don't feel bad, do you?
2: No, no, I feel all right.
1: Why? Nothing. I, I it won't work. Give me a little time. I'll study up some way to get you out of it.
2: Yeah, I hope you do, Lomit. It just don't seem right not having a home to go to no more. Elizabeth is a good woman at heart. She wouldn't harm a flea.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I was a flea, I wouldn't put too much confidence against her in the way she's feeling now.
2: Just a thing. After all these years, never appreciated what a fine little woman I had. Never knowed what a good housekeeper she was till I started staying over at your place.
1: Well, don't sit there and blubber about it. That ain't going to help none. Okay. Just let me get caught up with her matrimonial mail here, and I'll sit down with you, and we'll study up some way to get you out of it.
2: Well, I'll always bound to be a way to make Elizabeth listen
1: to it. The only trouble, if we get you out of this scrape, she's going to be mad all over again when she finds out that Squire Skimp beat us out of the store
2: here. Oh, yeah, she's going high on a kite once you hear there. Pearl called out here yesterday for some groceries, so... I know that she don't know nothing about it yet. No. Well, Elizabeth wants to come in here and find these shelves all empty. She'd just about pull this place down on top
1: of them. Well, they ain't plum empty. I know the squire left little stuff scattered around. Oh, they Stuff they couldn't sell, I reckon. Yeah, boy. Two or three bottles of pepper sauce up there, I noticed. Whole bowls of cheesecloth back in behind the counter
2: there. Yeah, they're the little
1: stuff. Never left anything in the counter. Wait a minute. Huh? <laughs> here comes Cedric Wee, huh? Well you know, the first time I saw him, quite a spell. Oh,
2: Hey, he's been bucking slabs
1: down at the sawmill, I think. Yeah, I bet he found out by now that what an easy job he had when he was working down here for us. <laughs> well, come
2: in,
1: Cedric. Yeah, come in here, Cedric. You're
2: sort of a stranger around here. <laughs>
1: yes, Bob. I've been working pretty sturdy. Ain't had no time off to loaf, hardly. <laughs> hey, You ain't been fired,
2: have
1: you, Cedric? No, they Just laid us off for a few days. Skidway's empty down there at the mill, and the weather's been so bad they couldn't get no logs in, so they just shut down until they just catched up.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Well, draw up a chair and uh, sit down there, Cedric. Excuse me while I go ahead here. Uh, I've got to answer this mail. Uh,
2: anything uh, particular that you want,
1: Well, I uh, just sort of wanted to talk to you, fellas, sort of.
2: Well?
1: I uh, hear you just run the matrimonial bureau over here and sort of solving domestic problems for folks.
2: Well, we are, Cedric. it, but, all <laughs> <Lord>, me, <laughs> undoubtedly you ain't got no domestic problems. You ain't married.
1: No, but... Me and uh, Gertrude Seastrunk fell out with one another, and I just thought maybe you fellas could give me some advice. Well, I
2: don't know, Cedric. We'll help if we can, I'll
1: tell you that. Well, well, what would you do, Mr. Abner, if you and Mrs. Peabody was having trouble? I don't
2: know. It's just what I've been sitting here thinking about for a week, Cedric.
1: Are you and Mrs. Peabody having family troubles with one another?
2: Well, uh... Don't make no mention of it, Tetrick, but we ain't getting along as well as we could. Uh,
1: You ain't even on separating her, are you? Giving her a quitting? Oh, no,
2: no, nothing as bad as that. It's just a misunderstanding. She just won't give me a chance to explain to her. Won't let me come on the place. You mean she won't even let you come home? No, no, she's acting awful mean about it.
1: (laughs) I bet if you was to have an automobile accident and got yourself all crippled up, she'd have her regrets over treating you this way. Yeah. <laughs> be shamed the way she treated
2: you. Yes, yeah, you might, Cedric. I don't know. Her. What did
1: you say, Cedric? Say that again. Well, I, I never meant no harm by it, Mr. Lama. I, I just said if Mr. Abner here was to have an automobile wreck and get himself hurt, uh, Miss Peabody would feel sorry about the way she done him, I bet you. Hey, Granny, that's the idea. That's an ID. That's just what I've been looking for. Abner, you're going to have an automobile wreck. Huh? You're going to have an automobile wreck.
2: Oh, my goodness. How can you tell that?
1: And you're going to have an arm broke.
2: Are you telling my fortune?
1: No. Or, well, that's what's going to happen to you anyway. You're going to have a bad accident this afternoon.
2: Oh, my goodness. Right on top of all my other trouble, something like this has got to happen. Where is it going to take place, Mom?
0: Right here, now.
2: Well, I can't have no automobile wreck sitting here in the store. Well,
1: you are going to anyway. You've got to. It's the only way to get Elizabeth in a good humor with you, Abner. Well, old
2: me, I'd I'd love to make up with her, Lom, but I, I don't want to break an arm to do it. Uh, Granny, it might be best to break both arms. Oh my goodness, I've
1: old oh, me. See, here's my idea, Abner. We're just going to make out like you've had an accident. We'll take and wrap your arms up with some bandages and all that stuff, and carry you over to the house and tell Elizabeth you're run over by a car.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> just make out like my I, I got my arms broken. Huh? That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you can explain everything to her. You know she ain't going to hit you if both your arms broke. No,
2: I don't believe
1: she will. Yeah, we'll have you looking like a freight train hit you. <laughs> <laughs> if this won't teach Elizabeth a lesson, <laughs> it'll catch her sympathy like nothing else, will yeah, it? I
2: believe
1: if it won't, it won't nothing to it. No. Uh, uh, Cedric, look over there behind the counter and bring me that bolt of cheese, balls. Abner, get some of them box lids we split up for kindling They'll make good splints for your arm. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. That's it, Cedric. Bring it here. Hey,
2: you this might work all
1: right, Mom. You know right, what? Of course it'll work. <laughs> Roll up your sleeve there. Better get up here on the counter and lay down.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Granny, wait a minute. I've got a bottle of curicone here in my desk drawer. <laughs> we can pour that over them bandages so it'll look like he's bad hurt. Or... Hey, Doggett,
2: I did have an accident,
1: didn't I? <laughs> oh, that car just kept running
2: on.
1: <laughs> don't you never say nothing about this, Cedric. You neither have, no. We don't want nobody but us three to know anything about
2: it. Well, no, sir. If you ever tell this, Cedric, I'll lock you up in jail and throw the key away.
1: Well, I ain't going to say nothing about it. That's the way. Uh, Cedric, you start roughing up Abner's arm there while I telephone up Lizbeth and break this sad news to her. <laughs> hey, uh,
2: wait a minute here, Cedric. Uh, put them boards all around the arm here first, you know,
1: and then lock the cheesecloth around them there. Oh, I see. I'll fix them. Both arms, huh?
2: Yeah, both of
1: them, yeah. Here, Abner. Huh? Yeah, you get over here close to the telephone and, uh, tell Elizabeth that you've been calling for her. Then <laughs> while I'm talking to her, you can holler her name out two or three times. <laughs> what for? Wait a minute. Uh, hello? Lizbeth? This here's Lum Eddard. That's the way it is.
3: good.
1: Well, now, wait a minute, Elizabeth. Before you start in on that, I- I've got some uh, awful sad news for you. Oh, awful okay. sad. Yes, Mom. Well, it's about Abner. Why, he's been run over by automobile. Yeah, two or three of them. Well, we don't know how bad he's hurt. No. So far, we've found two broke arms, and he's hurt internal. It's the working <laughs> him.
2: Tell her now, I ain't come to myself yet, Mom.
1: He said to... Uh, oh, shut up, Abner. Uh, he ain't come to himself yet, Elizabeth, but he keeps calling your name. Calling for you.
2: Calling. Elizabeth. Elizabeth.
1: Elizabeth. Well, now, I wouldn't take it too hard, Elizabeth. He might pull through the shatters. Huh? No, don't come over here. We're just fixing to bring him over there. Get the bed ready, and we'll be right. Well,
0: it's a great idea, if it works. <laughs> and now. Let's listen just a minute to Jane Taylor and their friend Ruth
3: Nichols. Here they are. Ruth, I've just discovered the best reducing plan. I know, you told me all about it. Well, I couldn't have. I just found out about it week before last. I haven't seen you for a month. Well, you were telling me all about that day that we had lunch with with Helen Powers. Oh, you mean that one. Oh, that was a far, A far. Yes, I wore myself out in two days with all that crazy exercise. <laughs> just as I told you you would. Why don't you be sensible, Jane? i much prefer carrying a few extra pounds to killing myself trying to act like a chimpanzee. Oh, you don't have to act like a chimpanzee. <laughs> not with this new reducing plan. You don't have to exercise at all in first. Jane, you haven't taken anything that might might hurt you, have you? I've seen my doctor before I tried any of those things. Don't be silly. I'm not being silly, but some of those things are harmful. Oh, let me tell you what I've done. Today and every day last week, I drank a glass of Horlick's Mothed Milk at noon. Will that kill me these days? Horlicks? Well, of course it won't, but I don't see how... I will drink a glass of Horlicks instead of eating a heavy luncheon. Horlicks is nourishing and sustaining, but it doesn't have an excess of calories like a heavy meal. That's how Horlicks at noon helps reduce, re- reduce you. It's really effective, Ruth. I lost two pounds last week. The very first week I tried you it. Well, say, that's the most sensible reducing plan I've ever heard of. That glass of Horlicks for lunch sounds awfully good to me. I guess I'll try the Horlicks reducing plan, too. Oh, good. My figure could stand a little, uh, trimming. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and a glass of Horlicks instead of a heavy meal at noon is a mighty fine reducing plan. One that will help you overweight people regain a youthful wasteland. Now you can make a glass of Horlicks quickly and easily, either at home or at work. Horlicks, you know, is a delicious, full-flavored drink when mixed with water alone. It isn't necessary to add any flavoring or even milk. You can get Horlick's malted milk in either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Bricker speaking for Lum and Abner and the Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health.